Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. Welcome back, my friend, to another episode on the More Than Social podcast. Today is going to be a good one. I can promise you that. I'm being joined by Don Taylor, who is a coach that specializes in helping entrepreneurs and individuals thrive in their life by overcoming trauma, depression, anxiety. Now, I know this is a touchy subject, but honestly, I feel it's something so common and something most people avoid talking about, even though we should talk about it more. So today, if this brings up any emotions... Just know that you are not alone. We are here to support you. But regardless, I hope this brings you some tips and tricks and hacks of how you can just move forward with your life and overcome those struggles to really crush it with your goals for your business and your life too. So let's get right into it. Welcome, Don. Welcome to the More Than Social Podcast. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Now, to begin the episode, why don't you give our listeners just a quick insight into who you are and how you got into coaching in the first place? I am known as the ass kicker hope giver. I am, which I know is not always appropriate, but I am a trauma specialist that also works with a lot of business owners on what's working, what's not working and how to fix things in their businesses. And so much of that comes from their trauma responses, from their filters, from how they were raised, what's gone on in their past. And so, yeah, that is my biggest passion and got into it from a place of not wanting to help people. As funny as that sounds, I had had a life full of trauma from anything and everything you could possibly imagine from suicide attempts, eating disorders, sexual abuse, abandonment, drug addiction, like I'm talking all the things and a brain aneurysm in grade 12, like all of the craziness that happened. And I had hit a point in my own life where therapy wasn't working. And I couldn't seem to get the answers that I needed. So I set out to figure out how to heal my own brain. And people always laugh and go, you need a better story. And I'm like, no, because it's actually legitimately mine. But it was about how do you actually scientifically heal a brain? How do things actually affect you? What are like the raw, real, honest parts of trauma and pain and things that we've gone through and how they neurologically, emotionally, like in every area of our lives affect us? And so as I was doing a lot of training, because that's where I was finding, you know, answers on how to heal my own brain, people started asking for advice because they were watching how I was dealing with my own hurt and pain and trauma. And that's really where it started. And so one day it was my husband and my best friend were like, good grief, stop going for coffee dates with people nonstop and start a business doing this. You have more certifications than most people. And so... Yeah, that's how I got here. And I just have a passion. I just love people. At the end of the day, I just love people and seeing them heal. Amazing. And it's interesting that you started without wanting to help people, but just on that own transformation that you went through, you learned a lot. And now here you are helping a lot of other people. Right. I always say I did it backwards. (laughs) Most people are like, I want to help people. I'm going to go to school. So then when people ask me about my training, right, because I have, I think someone added it up at one point, it's over 1200 hours of certifications and trainings and all these things that I'm like, well, yeah, because I was because I was trying to heal my brain. And they're like, but you have such weird certifications and training. And I was like, but 
it's because I didn't have like a business avatar in mind. Or I didn't have any of those things in mind. It was like, this is my life. These are my traumas. This, these are my situations. How do I heal those? But yes, it has turned into an amazing business that I love. <laughs> amazing. I mean, from a coaching perspective, I feel you can't really, you can't help other people if you're not healed yourself. Right? Okay. Can you just say that really loud for the people in the back? It's <laughs> like my biggest pet peeve is when people haven't healed their own trauma. I talked to someone this week about it and they were like, yeah, sometimes I cry when people tell me their stories. And I was like, what? And they're like, what? And I was like, you, you can't do that. That makes their story scary and it's hurting you. And now you're unsafe. This is why your clients aren't coming back to you. Yeah, you definitely have to heal yourself and have, right? you gotta be that confident. You have to be that shoulder to lean on versus letting your own stuff come out. 100%. And I mean, but doesn't that show up in every single business? Yeah, and right? in life and business and anything, yeah. it really, it's always gonna show up. Totally, you have to learn how to heal it and manage it. <laughs> Now, I find like this topic of just traumas, depression, anxiety, like things that people go through, I feel like a lot of people, they hold it in and they don't want to talk about it out loud, even though I feel like it, it's becoming a little bit more of the norm, especially since COVID. I feel like just mental health in general has been exposed 100%. a little bit yep. more. But, but like from a business aspect side of things, if someone is holding on to a lot of trauma, whatever the case it may be for them, how are you finding that actually harms their business or harms them being able to move forward with their goals? So many different ways. Honestly, the number one is how they even interact with the people around them. So you know how like little kids just have like honest, true emotions. Like if they're angry, they just mm -hmm. let it out and they're angry. If they're sad, they just like cry and they're hysterical and sad. But if they're laughing, like the whole world wants to laugh with them because it's so raw and real and honest and pure. Well, as we get older and as we become jaded and as we start to lose control over an emotion, so someone who's say like super scared of being angry or someone who's super scared of like any emotion because it's hurt them in the past or they don't feel like they have control over it. What happens is it just turns into like a pressure cooker, right? And if anyone has ever used a pressure cooker or they've used um, an Instapot or any of those things, like there's a reason there's a release valve, right? It's like you have to release the steam before you take that lid off or you're going to blow up your house kind of idea, right? Like you have to. And what I see often with people is they don't have a release valve because they're not talking about it because they're never having a healthy way to release the anger or the hurt or the pain or whatever. They just yank the lid off, right? And then it's the shrapnel of that that affects everybody around them. Right. So that's one of the biggest ways is then they erupt and they snap or they bite or they right. They go after the people around them or they lose it or they damage a relationship with somebody because they don't actually have a healthy way to cope and deal with those emotions. But the second thing is, is we all have feelings we would do anything to avoid unworthy rejection, not enough failure, not seen, not heard, whatever it is, whatever they are for you. And we all have our own. But we will go against our morals, our ethics, our values. We will destroy ourselves. We will destroy the people around us. Like we will self-sabotage to death to not feel those feelings, right? So in a situation, and I always use this as like the easiest example is like your salesperson that won't return a phone call, right? And it's like, why are they like, why am I scared to return a phone call? Why am I scared to have confrontation? Why am I like... What is wrong with me, right? 
And it's because we are scared of being rejected, so we'll reject first. We are scared of failing, so we just won't even try because then we can't fail. And all of that is so tied, like so tied to what's happened in our lives, right? But with that anxiety and the depression, the first thing is anxiety is an interesting one. It's typically the emotion that everybody says for any uncomfortable feeling these days. They're angry or they're anxious. Mm -hmm. Those are like the two that you hear all the time. And I always ask people, um, feelingswheel.com, seriously, go look at it. Because if you start in the middle of all those emotions and like work your way out, figure out what you're actually feeling. Because often it's not that you're feeling anxious or anxiety. Feelingswheel.com. It's amazing. It's an amazing resource for people. It's not mine. I don't own it. It's just a random website with this wheel. (laughs) I don't know. And everyone uses it. It's brilliant. But often it's not actually an anxious thing that you're feeling. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You're exhausted. You're feeling inferior. You're feeling taken advantage of. There's all these other things that that are actually your true emotions. And guess what? Those you can fix. Those you can actually deal with, right? If you're overwhelmed, you can hand stuff off to someone. You can take something off your plate. You can, you know, put in some extra hours. You can go through and figure out what you need to get off your schedule. But the minute we attach this, like, no, I'm anxious. Well, then what do you do with it? Right? So that is one of the first things Mm -hmm. that I always look at with clients. But even with the depression is what is it you're scared of? What is it we're trying to run away from? Right. And if it's actually legitimately like, no, I am struggling to get out of bed in the morning because I feel so depressed. That's when you can turn to everything from, I mean, my saving grace and has been for as long as I can remember is vitamin ADK combo um, because we're all not having enough vitamin D these days. Unless you, I think you live on a Caribbean Island, which (laughs) we're not all so lucky to do. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag life goals. Right. But (laughs) we also like, we're missing so many just vitamins and nutrients, right? So B100 complex. It's just like buy it at your drugstore, your grocery store. Like those two are my saving grace. And that gets me out of bed every day. Right. Or you need to see a doctor and see if there's actually something chemically going wrong or like something missing in your diet or something missing in your life. But also, what are the expectations that we have on ourselves? Because there's a really Mm -hmm. weird idea that we're supposed to live. Like, say on a scale of one to 10, one is like, I'm digging my own grave because I wish I was dead. Like, you're that far gone and you're that far depressed to 10 being like the greatest day of my entire life and I'm ecstatic. We have this like weird idea society and I think partially social media and movies and all these things, but like we have this idea that we're supposed to just live constantly in like the eight, nine, 10 area, that that's actually Mm -hmm. life. But on like average people, like normal, just everyday average shows, like life actually sits between the five and the seven, right? Or the four and the seven. That's actually where we spend the majority of our time. And So part of it is just being like, am I depressed or am I just kind of blah? Mm -hmm. Right. When's the last time I did something fun or did something exciting or, you know, celebrated something? Because again, it's another word that we attach to emotions that I don't think is always correct. So it's really, really coming back to figuring out where you really are, not just using a word to put a bandaid over it. hundred percent. Because everywhere you look, right. I was talking to someone the other day and 
they're like, how are you doing? And I said, in society's eyes, I'd be feeling anxious. And they're like, okay, but how are you really doing? Because I'm very honest and vulnerable about what's going on. And I said, honestly, this week, I'm just feeling overwhelmed. And they were like, oh, and I said, yeah, I have unrealistic expectations of myself, my capabilities, what I can get done in a day, what I can get done in a week. I've put unrealistic expectations on my team. I am launching a whole pile of things in a time of a month that's a super vulnerable, like, I hate to use the word, but like anniversary date on one of my huge traumas that always affects me, right? I was like, I set myself up for failure this week. And so, yeah, I'm feeling super overwhelmed, but I can also acknowledge in the moment that feelings aren't permanent, right? They're not. As weird as that sounds, feelings are not permanent. And I know that as of Tuesday, you know, 50% of my overwhelm is going to be gone just by the fact that like my podcast will be launched. The anniversary dates will be done. <laughs> the, the mayhem of this week will be over because I really grossly overbooked myself. Right. <laughs> but then you can actually look at it and not allow your emotions and feelings to control you, but then you control them. I feel like easier said than done until you actually learn how to acknowledge that one feelings are temporary, but also even pay attention to what's going on within yourself. It's like, if I'm feeling this way, why? Right. And asking yourself that. So even that, I would take the word why out of your language, because why is a question that can only be answered with a justification, a rationalization, or an excuse. Right? So it's an emotional response. Yeah. So if you can look at it, so this is like for a tangible hands-on step that I do. I have, I literally have the feelings wheel in like a, two and a half foot by two and a half foot pillow. Like it's a giant pillow in my office because of clients being there, right? But I also will print it off or pull it up on my phone or pull it up anywhere. And anytime I'm having an emotion that I'm like, what is going on right now, right? I pull it up to this day and like, I'm doing real great. <laughs> I pull it up and I'm like, okay, what is actually going on here, right? And I will look at it and go, Oh, okay. I'm feeling overwhelmed. My next question is what specifically is overwhelming me? Because when you ask yourself mm -hmm. what and specifically combined in a question, there's only data response that can happen. Oh, what specifically is making me feel overwhelmed? Well, I have to deal with this and this and this and this. And all of a sudden it's like your, your list happens in your head, right? Now you can actually look mm -hmm. at it without all of the emotion and go, okay, how long are these things going to take me? When can I fit them in my schedule? What is it that's just a ridiculous should do that I could cross off my list or move to an easier day? And then pay attention to how that feels in your physical body as you do it, right? So as you're saying it, as you're looking at it going, oh, okay, I can handle this, right? I can actually, I can handle this. I can handle my life right now. Okay, we got this right? And all of a sudden this feeling of overwhelm can shift to like, no, I'm actually kind of excited. Like I can, I can mm -hmm. do this. Right. Or it can shift to this yeah. place of like, why the hell did I put that on my list in the first place? Right. Which is where we can learn some healthy boundaries for ourselves. So speaking of boundaries then, um, oh. from an entrepreneur perspective, yep. obviously you're an entrepreneur as well. There's always things that we want to do. We want to accomplish. The new idea pops up. We, or it's just that go, go, go mentality. Totally. As much as we like to be scheduled and structured and everything, it's just 
We're, it's not realistic. We think a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from a boundary perspective, if someone is struggling with anxiety or depression or anything else that they're struggling with in general, um, how do you feel like what is the best tip that you can give someone to actually stick to the boundaries? So I always go back to looking at the reason for the boundary in the first place, right? What is your intention behind it? If your intention is to punish yourself, of course, you're never going to hold your boundary, right? Mm -hmm. Because why would you punish yourself? Like we, we, we don't want to, right? But when I'm in that state of overwhelm or depression or anxiety, and I've, I, I don't anymore being really honest. Like I very seldom go there because I manage, I manage those emotions very, very well for myself. I'm not scared of them. I don't try to shut them out. I don't disconnect from them, but if they're coming up, they're a red flag for something else that's going on in my life. So I'm, I'm very, very good at this point in my life of actually like sitting down and emotionally checking in with myself on a regular basis. But when I do go there and those days still happen, those weeks still happen because I'm human right? The first thing I look at is I go right to logistics. What has to stay on my schedule? Because that's, what's going to pay my bills, black and white, cut and dried. What has to stay? Because without that, this whole house comes crumbling down, right? And if we are brutally honest with ourselves, it's way less than we think, right? From there, mm -hmm. then I look at everything and I go, okay, if I am sitting same scale. I use that emotional scale of one to 10 every single day, multiple times a day. If I am sitting right now at a three and I feel like I'm about to free fall all the way down to a zero, everything else on my list, is it going to raise my number or lower my number? What's it going to do with my number? Oh, well, I should read this book because I need to read this book because it's on my list and everyone's telling me I need to read this book. Cool. So when I stop and think about reading the book, is it going to bump my number up or down? I don't want to read the dumb book. Okay. Well, that's going to drop me. So I'm not reading the book in this state, right? Yes. At some point I need to, at some point that is important. Right. But again, what is the intention behind doing it? Is it to please somebody? Is it because someone said I should? Yeah. I'm really, really not okay with the shoulds in my world. Like every time someone is like, well, you should, I'm like, mm -mm. no, I shouldn't. <laughs> right. Because often those things are spoken to us because it's somebody else thinking that they need to do it. I benefited from reading this book, so you should read it too because I think you'll benefit. And it's like, yeah, cool, no. Like, I'm phenomenal at that. I say, yeah, cool, no, way more times than you think, <laughs> right, in a week. So that is one of the first things that I do, right, is go back to, like, the basics, total basics, Right. But then I do, I go through my entire list and I will write out like everything that I have to get done and anything that makes me go, ugh, I just like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't even go there. Right. But I always go back to what is my end goal? What is my intention behind it? If I'm in a place of anxiety, if I'm in a place of depression, if I'm in that space, and it can be something so simple as at the end of the day, like I had a day yesterday that was mayhem. It was amazing, but it was mayhem. Like I was awake when my husband got up at 4.30 in the morning and I went back to back 911 clients because it is a service I offer to scheduled clients, to meetings, to like, it was nuts. I am talking from like 4.30 in the morning. My last client walked out the door at 8.30 at night. 
Jeez. That's a long day. Long ass day. Right. And I'm a trauma specialist. Yeah. So I'm not talking like easy day. <laughs> like it was a heavy, long day. So what is the first thing that goes through my head? My husband had walked in the door and I'm like, oh, I have to make dinner. In that moment, that felt like you were asking me to climb Mount Everest. But then I stopped myself and I was like, okay, what is my intention behind making dinner right now? Like, what is the urgency of me having to cook something to make him happy? He doesn't care. He knows I had a long day, right? And it always goes back to like, what, what was my intention behind it? And then is this actually something that's going to, you know, feed me, fuel me right now in a positive or a negative? And I was like, no, I'm probably going to go into the kitchen and I'm going to rage cook dinner because I'm tired and I'm done. And I just want to sit on my couch and binge watch a silly TV show and take a deep breath and answer the 45 emails that came in during my crazy day. Right. So I looked at him and I was like, can we just go grab something or just eat leftovers? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Right. So it's like giving yourself permission to do that. So for me, it's looking at my boundaries and going, if I'm setting a boundary, it's to protect me, not punish anyone else. Right. And the second is like, unless I have a really clear, good intention on it, I'm never going to keep it. So get rid of it. But then mm -hmm. how do you, so I feel like a lot, like I liked how you said, get rid of, I have, or I should do this. Mm -hmm. And like, that shouldn't be a big thing, but I feel like a lot of people were so accustomed to that. 100% like, we do what we're told. How do you let that go in a way that's like, obviously you can say to yourself, well, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for me. But in the back of your head, I feel like because we're so accustomed to that, how do you just let that go? So I, the questions I ask myself on that are, is me not doing it? Like, am, am I going to harm somebody? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, am I going to actually harm somebody by not doing a should? Probably not. One of the reasons, one of the ways that I find to release some of those things is to actually make them ridiculous because when things seem logical and like, well, no, that makes sense in our brains, it's really hard to release them. So mm -hmm. if you can like blow it up and make it absolutely ridiculous, you're like, okay, yeah, no, that's actually the dumbest thing ever. Why am I doing this? <laughs> right? Like that just seems really silly. Can you give an example of that one? So making, making something ridiculous, anything. So should. Okay. So I remember after my mom passed away and I got a call from a family member going, Hey, so you're going to make pajamas for all the boys for Christmas, right? So that was my mom's thing. My mom would make pajama pants for all the grandsons, her son-in-laws, her son, and my dad. Every single year for Christmas, they got a new pair of pajama pants. And what's hilarious is my mom would mix up measurements. So somebody's would be like, four times too wide and someone else's would be like three times too long or short. Like it was hilarious. And every year it was like, how much is mom going to screw up the pajama pants this year? But everyone loved the pajama pants. So my immediate gut response, right? Being a people pleaser was like, oh yeah, no, I should do that. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So I said, yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, I should. And then I got the, you should really do this. And I was like, oh, I should do this. Yeah, yeah, I should. And then I sat down and I actually like mapped it out. And I was like, okay, so what has to happen for me to do this? What has to happen for me to do this? And I started laughing. Like, number one, I have to learn how to sew, which is a bit of a problem. 
Number two, I have to track down what three, four, five, six, seven, like seven, eight people's measurements. I have to find fabric that matches all their personalities because these are the expectations that everybody else has put on this infamous pajama sewing expedition, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. And then I mapped out all the hours it was going to take me to do it, all the money that was going to have to go into it and all of these things. And then I was like, this is where I went with my brain to make it ridiculous. This was my mom's thing. So if I am now going to take over all of my mom's things while she was alive, do I have to actually be everyone's mom? Like, do I have to do that? So do I also, right? Do I have to buy all the presents? Do I have to like, so I went totally ridiculous with it. Cause I was like, well, obviously now I'm mom. Like, are you going to call me mommy? Like, <laughs> do I get to be called grandma? Like I went seriously, Lisa, you would have died. I went like so ridiculous with it in my head. And then in that moment, I was like, it doesn't actually make any sense. Like no part of this makes any sense that I would take on this, uh, like this ridiculous project that that has nothing to do with me. And so I texted them, my sister and my sister-in-law, and I was like, no pajamas, go to Walmart and buy some. And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm the one out of the three of us that doesn't sew. Like, why would, why would I take this on? Right. And so, yes, that's a ridiculous one. But I also, last time somebody was like, wow, Don, you really need to learn Enneagram because that would make our conversation so much easier. Okay. We've all, we've all had these conversations with someone where they make these little remarks. Right. And so the shame, right. The shame game inside was like, idiot, why don't you know Enneagram? (laughs) <laughs> How much have you like harmed this person? Cause you don't know Enneagram. So I sat down on my computer and I Googled personality tests and I was like, okay, so if I have to learn one, then I have to learn all of them. Cause every single person I'm going to talk to in my entire life, is going to have a totally different one that they need me to have. Well, seriously, like anybody could think of that and be like, that's ridiculous. There's no way that one person can learn every single personality test that's used worldwide for every single person and know every single aspect of it. Well, no, no, that's my expectation of me. Right? Like that makes it ridiculous. Yeah. It's really actually diving deep into what is actually this means and what does it entail? And then kind of blowing it. I don't want to say blow it up portion, but but it does make it ridiculous. (laughs) Really? You yeah. haven't read that book? Go go to a chapters, walk into a self-help business growth section and be like, all right, someone's going to expect me to have read all of these. I better get started. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, That's funny. <laughs> like it's these silly things. But it, when you look at it in that way, how many books do you have on your list or have you bought that you're like, oh, I have to read that because someone said I should. Oh, gosh. <laughs> or when someone buys it for you and it's like, oh, yeah. Right? Definitely on my list. I know. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm going to file that one. Like, I'm really good at that. I'll be like, no, I recommend that book, but I'm I'm not reading it. But I think that's where we have to go with it. But we have to be willing to look at it with curiosity and not judgment. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Yeah. That's, I think, the biggest thing is stop one, stop judging yourself. 100%. But also stop judging your feelings. Stop judging everything. Just figure out what it means and then kind of let it go in whatever way it's supposed to 100%. So if we could summarize, like you've thrown a lot of tips at us, but we could summarize of how to manage your depression, anxiety, your trauma in order to just move forward with life, business, doesn't matter, whatever. You mentioned vitamin D. 
using the wheel of emotions to figure out what are you actually feeling, setting those boundaries between what do you want to do? What should you do? Letting go of the shoulds. Is there anything that I'm really missing? You know, I think the overarching summary of it is stop judging yourself. As long as you're hating you're hating yourself for your actions, as long as you're hating yourself for feeling weak because you're having anxiety, as long as you're hating yourself because you're like, I'm pathetic and I'm depressed and nobody else is depressed, as long as you're hating yourself for the screw-ups you're making in your business or the, how you're not as far ahead as you want, you're not going to get anywhere. You're never going to get ahead when you're doing it out of an intention of hatred towards yourself because you're putting this like final judgment on yourself. When you can actually look look at it, take the emotion out of it, look at it with curiosity and be like, okay, what's going on? What specifically is going on? What specifically is causing me depression? If I'm feeling depression because I'm spending too much time on social media and seeing what everybody else is launching and doing and how they're proceeding in life, And that's where it's bothering me. It's like, okay, but I don't know their story. I don't know what the hell hard they've worked, how long they've worked, how big their team is. This doesn't make any logical sense. I'm judging based on zero knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? Then maybe I need to stay in my lane and get off social media for a bit, right? And that's where it really allows you to step out of the judgment, step into the curiosity and be like, no, 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 it's okay. I can still love me in my chaotic disaster, But in that space, I can be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we're going to let that go because I love me enough to release myself of that expectation that someone else put on me. I love that. I love how you summed it up that way. Like The judgment alone, just let it go of yourself and other people and then kind of figure it out from there. It kills us. Now, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it literally literally will kill you and your business. Just a heads up. It causes so much more than just a thought. So much more. At the end of the day. Now, when people are coming to you for coaching, um, one, I want to know, well, can you let everyone know where they can um, reach out to you? But also, what does it look like when someone's coming to you for coaching? Are they, do they already know that they have specific trauma or depression, anxiety, or are they coming to you because they know something's wrong and now you're helping them dig deep? Like, what does that all look like? Total combo. So my website is thetaylorway.ca. You can find me on Instagram, the Taylor way. Now I'm on Facebook, Don Taylor, like I'm out of Edmonton. I'm pretty easy to find in that way. So reach out. Even if you just have questions, even if you just have questions, I'll have people message me and be like, Hey, this is what's showing up in my business. Could it be tied to this? And I can be like, yes, <laughs> this is how <laughs> try shifting this, right? Like I'm so willing to help in that way. Cause I have such a passion for this, but Coaching, um, I do it 100% customized. So I do it on more of like a monthly package style where people actually have unlimited access to me with email, text, phone, whatever they need, but 100% customized. So I have clients that come to me that go, okay, here's literally my to-do list, right? Like my laundry list of all of the bad things that have happened to me that I need to overcome. But a lot of people come to me and go, you know what? Life is good, but it's not great. I don't know why I can't move ahead of my business. I don't know why I'm struggling in this way, but I know something is going on. Can you help me? And I have an uncanny ability to dig in and figure out like what specifically happened at what point that caused that specific trigger in them to happen to cause those reactions, right? Because sometimes like trauma is anything that jarred your nervous system. 
it's not just the big ones, right? I had a guy with massive struggles in life and it was tied to a kid, a little girl in kindergarten saying a comment to him that he like took as the ultimate truth over his life. And we healed that and he soared, right? Like, like it can be like the tiniest little thing that's holding us back in the weirdest ways. But yeah, it's a hundred percent custom and we just dive in and do the work. It's fun. Amazing. Yeah. Fun. But I mean, we were even talking before some people I'm, I'm sure come to you and they don't want to talk. Yep. So it's like walking them through that transformation. I, I could imagine being in your position. Yes. It's a lot of energy that you take on as well, yes. <laughs> um, but seeing that person go from A to B or A to Z, totally. even, it's like, I, I can imagine how amazing it could actually be to see. Well, and it's, and everyone is in their own pace. Right. And so as you see them, go through it. Like I had the amazing opportunity last night in the middle of my mayhem day, I did a 45 minute walk slash let's go grocery shopping. Cause I'm going to fit you in with something I have to do. Um, <laughs> date with a client who I haven't seen in, oh goodness, year, year and a half and walked her through leaving a narcissistic marriage that was very verbally abusive and setting up new life with kids and finding herself again from having been so beat down that she actually truly to the core for being believed that she was broken and damaged. And like, I got to see her new house last night and hear about like how great life is and work and how great her daughters are doing. And like, it was so incredible in like in that moment to see that. Right. And to be able to cheer people on and yeah, it's, that's what gets me through my days. The hard days, man. Right. <laughs> that's what keeps yeah. me going. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. Now, I always end off our interviews by asking, what is one piece of advice you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? It doesn't have to be trauma, anxiety, depression related at all. Just mm -hmm. advice in general from one entrepreneur to another. Learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. And with that, what I mean is stay in your lane. If you know what you're doing, who you're trying to help, who you're trying to work with, who your ideal customer is, who your ideal client is, stop saying yes to everybody to please people. Mm -hmm. learn how to say no and be okay with it. What do you say? Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. No, I'm good. What do you say? Yeah, sure, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, no. <laughs> so positive, but no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> just, just no. Yeah. Amazing. Now, I'm going to link in the show notes, so your website, but I also want you to chat quickly about your podcast because you talk a lot about trauma and everything. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Ah, too. I'm so excited. Okay. So it's launching like in a few days. Um, I'm starting a podcast that's called Taylor Ray Talks and it has nothing to do with my work, right? It's, it's literally hard conversations. So it's all based on the conversations that we wished people would have had in our lives. So whether it's I talked to someone who as a therapist, losing his wife and being a dad to two boys, everybody just thought he'd be strong and everyone thought he knew how to deal with it. And the mask that he had to put on to try to cope and then fell apart, right? Like how to talk to a man who's grieving, right? Cause nobody knows, nobody knows how to do those things to how we deal with money. The weird ideas we have on money, how our parents managed money, how we manage money, how no one talks about money, retirement. I have someone who I dig into that. Um, not wanting kids. Someone who's like, no, I actually genuinely hate children. And I didn't realize it was an option to not have them. Right. 
it's all the conversations like in every area of life, work, business, personal, like all of it, marriage, those conversations we wished people had had in our lives or or topics we wish people would talk about. I'm recording one on Tuesday with a guy who's like, I wish I knew how hard it was to find friends as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, really. <laughs> like nobody talks about this and we're just all kind of bumbling through life, wishing we knew and thinking that we're the only ones who don't know. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. We're having, I'm having so much fun having these crazy conversations with people on life. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I'll make sure to link that below so everyone can check that thank out you. as well. But honestly, thank you so much. You have given a lot of tips throughout this entire conversation. So I greatly appreciate it. And I just want to say like your energy alone is something that the first time we talked, it was like, I don't even think we talked about what we were supposed to talk about for the first like 30 <laughs> minutes. Sucked. Yeah, we just, like, just went on like a little like, conversation about your energy. I can, I can see how you can truly help transform people's lives. Thank so you. keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. And I can't wait to chat again. I will. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.